on, can you give a shout if you love Jesus? Come on. With all of us on our feet, come on, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Come on, let's all get on our feet. I want to pray over the preaching and the teaching of God's word in this place. There's a, there's a sweet presence in this place, Father. Your Holy Spirit is here. You are working, Lord. You are, you, are, you are changing things in the atmosphere. Would you say in your own words, God, speak to me today. Speak to me today. Speak to me today. Holy Spirit, you are the comforter. You're the counselor. God, would you lift our eyes to where our help comes from. It comes from you. Come on, I don't know what the needs are specifically in your life, but if you are praying for something, if you are believing for something, can you just lift your hand right where you're at? You have something you're praying for? Wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, right now, we touch and agree with the family and the body of Christ. God, whatever the needs are, we thank you for transparency. And God, may you deliver us right now, Lord. When you provide for us, Holy Spirit, would you make a way where there is no way? I touch and agree for healing over your family, for healing over your body. I touch and agree for direction and clarity in your life. Come on, some of you guys are, are, are thinking of different moves. I pray God may, may align a path for you. Come on, he orders the steps of the righteous. God, I pray for those who are in need, God, of anything physical or material. God, you are our provider. God, and we believe that you will make a way where there is no way. Come on, whatever the need is, I pray and I touch and agree right now. Healing of the mind, healing of the body, healing of the soul right now. Come on, who believes that, that God is alive and well? Come on, God is not dead. He is alive and he is working. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, I, you got to lean in with a little bit of faith that God can do anything. That God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can even ask, think, or imagine. God, I believe that there's nothing impossible for you. God, that I believe that you are above sickness. God, I believe that you are above trauma. God, I believe that you are above my enemy God the enemy is not above you the enemy is under my feet Holy Spirit of God I pray in the name of Jesus that we have a second wind in our life God that we get passion again come on I'm praying for ignited passion again I'm praying for ignited passion again come on the Holy Spirit is moving right now would you tap in a little bit would you lean in a little bit I want to know if there's two or three people that can call on heaven with me today I want to know if there's two or three people that can shout to God in this place Jesus says if I be lifted up 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 I will draw all men to me God you are the Alpha and the Omega God you are the beginning and the end there's nobody like you church open up your mouth and begin to provoke heaven in this place Jesus is alive Jesus is okay Jesus is still on his throne and he's interceding for you he's interceding for you church lift your hands to Jesus in this moment come on lift up your voices in this place lift up a shout in this place I was glad when they said, let me go into the house of the Lord. God, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. I will enter your courts with praise. I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. I will enter your courts with praise. You are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Jesus, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me, God. Thank you for being faithful, even I wasn't one I wasn't faithful. Thank you for believing in me, even when I didn't believe in myself. Thank you for seeing something in me that I didn't even see in myself. 
Jesus, you've been too good to me, God. Come on, can you give praise to Jesus? This is his house. This is his house. This is his house. Hallelujah. I see things being set free in the name of Jesus right now. You are being set free. You are being... You are being set free right now in the name of Jesus. Chains are falling off of you. Labels are falling off of you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Demons tremble at that name. Things need to change at that name. Come on. Hallelujah. Can you give me one more minute of praise? Give it to God. Give it to God. Can you give one more minute of praise? He inhabits in the praises of his people. He inhabits in the praises of his people. He rests in the presence of his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Lord. God, I'm sorry if I made it all about me. It's all about you, Jesus. Convict me in this moment, God. I'm sorry if I made my relationship with you all about me. God, it's all about you, God. I'm sorry if I made my church experience all about me. God, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. We will lift you up. We will lift you up. We will lift you up. If the rocks give you praise, how much more do you want praise from your sons and daughters? If the oceans know where to stop, how much more does God want obedience from his people? If the sun knows where to go in the morning, how much more does God want praise from his sons and his daughters? Come on, can we give more praise to Jesus? Hallelujah! I promise you I'm going to preach, but God is doing something right now in your family, in your spirit, in your soul. He is working while you're praising. He is working while you're praising. I know you don't have it yet, but would you give him praise for it? I know you haven't seen it yet, but would you give him praise for it? I know we're still waiting, but would you give him praise for it? 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 You can thank God when it happens, or you can thank God in advance for what he is going to do in your life. You can thank him for what he's already done. We can say, God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I'm already grateful. You are enough for me. God, you are enough for me. I am content. I am content. I am satisfied. I am satisfied. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's not about who's going to preach the word today. It's all about Jesus. It's not who's going to lead worship today. No, you got it all twisted. You thought it was about the vessel. I am merely a reflection of the sun. This is stage is a reflection of the sun. You're not worshiping the worship team. You're worshiping the God of the worship team. That's what it is. We give you glory in this place, Holy Spirit.
about the process of embarking on a plan, and he'd begin to panic. He'd begin to be in fear, and they'd start talking about what triggers you. What, what, what is it that sets you off? What is it? And they discussed it, and after six months of therapy, the praise report, here it comes. He, he is not what, what he was once afraid of. He loves to get on planes now. He looks excited. He sits in the window. He opens up the window. He looks. He smiles. He's excited, and how many guys know that there is power in therapy and if you believe that can you shout amen in this place therapy is not in combat with the bible there are people who have a specific gift and are graced by god to hold your hand it's called shepherds and walk with you and walk with you and walk with you and bring you out of this place and bring you out of this place and bring you out of this place he says i love to fly now God set me free. God sometimes does things instantly, but most of our lives he does things in a process. I've got to walk some things out. The most fruitful season of my life came after a season of therapy. And I'll talk about my life in a little bit more later on in today's sermon. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. One fruit of fear is anxiety. Here's another fruit of fear, and it's depression. Depression. Your flesh does not like this sermon series, but your spirit is leaping for joy. Definition of depression. The symptoms of depression are much more than just sadness. Depression is the overwhelming feeling of sadness when everything in your life seems to even be going right. However, some depressed people don't even feel sad at all. They feel lifeless, empty, and apathetic, or even sometimes angry, aggressive, and restless. Here's this next point. I'm gonna give this to you. This is true. Anxiety and depression are signals that the mind needs help. Just because you experience anxiety and depression doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means it is your body telling you, we need to figure something out. We need help. We need to talk about that trauma. We need to talk about what happened to you when you were 11 and again when you were 15 and again when you were 25. Just because you brushed it under the rug doesn't mean it's not there anymore. And you can pray for the rug or you can lay hands on the rug. Some of us on the outside, we're in front of the light, but on the inside, we're, we're defeated. Depression. It's, it's just evidence that the mind needs help. I've been a youth pastor, youth and young adult pastor for seven years. I've walked alongside young people. And, and you know, at, 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 at certain ages, middle school, high school, even college and career, when you are growing up and you are developing, you know that there is, you can remember moments where you had an influx of emotions and feelings. Remember the first time you fell in love as a youngster, remember? When you fell in love with Michael Jackson, remember? <laughs> He's black and white. He's the best of both worlds, you know what I'm saying? I'll take his black swag, I'll take his white credit. I'll take both of that. Remember the first time you fell in love? Remember that? The, the, as a young person, just the, the love just, just wooed you. 
walking alongside young people, they're, they're feeling their whole way into maturity. And what's dangerous is our society today, look how the enemy is at work in our world today. That the society today is telling children to not only trust their feelings, but make decisions based on how they feel. I saw an interview of a 15-year-old girl who had a sex change at the age of, I believe, 13 years old. And now she regrets it. She talks about her health risks. She says, I should, never, I should have never transitioned. Why did they let me make a decision when I felt that way? When you are developing and you're at that age, you're feeling all the time. I remember talking to a girl at our church, and every week she say, I feel sad. I feel sad. I feel sad. I feel sad started turning into I am sad. And some of us, that's, that's our lives. I, I feel rejected. I am rejected. What's, what, what happens I've seen in young people is that not only do they know their feelings, but they begin to identify themselves with their feelings. That's dangerous, church. We have feelings. Feelings are a gift from God. Somebody shout amen. Feeling is how you and I have defense mechanism. Listen, you're supposed to be afraid when a train is coming so you know not to go on the tracks. That's how you not make, that's how you not make dumb decisions. Feel, there's no such thing as a bad and good feeling. It's all good. Because it's how you feel. Don't you love that question? How do you feel? But it's dangerous to identify with the feelings that you have. It's dangerous to let feelings drive the car of your life. And I've said it to young people for seven years, and I'll say to you today, church, what I'm feeling is not who I am. You may feel that way. And the devil wants to tell you, because you have same-sex attraction, you are lesbian and you are gay. That is a lie from the enemy. I may be attracted to women. I may be attracted to men. You may have an attraction, or, 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 or I want to I be very clear with this, because a lot of times you and I, we judge people because they're attracted to things that you're not attracted to. We judge people because you may be attracted to a bottle, but you judge them because they're attracted to the same sex. Listen, the attraction is not the sin. The action is the sin. If you believe that, can you shout amen? The attraction is not the sin. The Bible doesn't say you're a sinner because you're attracted. The Bible says you're a sinner when you act in the sin. I'm not who I feel I am. I may feel depressed. I am not depressed. I feel depressed. I am not a victim. I feel hurt, but I am not a hurt person. I may feel that way. See, in church, we need to learn to separate our feelings with our identity. One fruit is anxiety, fruit of fear, anxiety, fruit of fear, depression. Here's the last fruit I want to talk about today, and it's spiritual paralysis fruit of fear in other words I put it this way feel fear will paralyze the purpose in your life I've seen great men and women of God that believe God yet the fear has stopped it stopped their growth I put it this way fear will stunt your spiritual growth you try to grow in the Lord every time, you, every time we operate and activate in fear and we let fear drive the car of our life, we are stopping in our spiritual journey. But God says, hey, you may be afraid, but I'm still calling you to grow and get better.
That's what I love about Jesus, that he loves me. He found me. He found me in a bad place, but he loves me to take me out of that bad place. Come on. Anybody got snatched up by Jesus? Come on. Has God saved anybody from the pit? Come on. Any, did God take anybody out of darkness in this place? Man, God, you, you, you don't want to see me before God got his hand on me. <laughs> don't, you, you can say that to me now, but before I found Jesus, you shouldn't have said that to me. Why? Because God is making me better. God is growing in me. God, did, God doesn't want me to stay a spiritual baby. God wants me to grow up into a man and woman of God that he's called me to be. But fear will stop our growth. Fear will stop the blessing of God. If you are afraid to do what God told you to do, I'm telling you, God really wants you to do it. In other words, if you need God to do it, that means that God told you to do it. I want to talk about Ananias for a moment. The Apostle Paul, we know in the New Testament, he begins to start churches. He begins to raise up leaders, and he's bouncing around churches. He is in capital A Apostle. I know you hear about Apostles today. I want to clarify. There's a capital A Apostle and a lowercase a Apostle. The capital A Apostle is someone put into ministry by Jesus himself. A lowercase Apostle is someone who has the apostolic gifting. And the Church of God says... Amen. Bit of clarity. Paul is a capital A apostle put into ministry by Jesus himself. And, and, and Paul is writing the New Testament. Paul had some, had some weakness, right? He speaks about a thorn in his flesh. He didn't define it for us so that we can write in our thorn and say, despite my weakness, God is made strong despite my weakness. God is shown to be good despite what's going on in my life. We know Paul the Apostle, but I want to speak for a moment about Saul of Tarsus. You see, before Paul was Paul, his name was actually Saul. God had a new name for him. I want to tell somebody in here, no matter what people have labeled you, no matter what your family has labeled you, no matter what society has labeled you, you are not who people say you are. You are who God says you are. You may have done what they said you did, but you're not who they say you are. You may have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. You are who he says you are. And Saul of Tarsus was a bad man. Let's read. Let's read. Let's read in the book of Acts. It says, meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats. So if you was on his Twitter, all you saw was, if you love Jesus, I'm going to kill you. If you follow the way, I'm coming after you. When we see the way in scripture, we understand that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through me. So in the early church, it was very famous to say, I am a follower of the way. And Saul's assignment was to go after those, breathe threats on people. I dare you to open your mouth and love Jesus. We're going to arrest you. I dare you to be obedient to the call of God. We will come after you. This is Saul of Tarsus. A Christian terrorist, if you will. Threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked them for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus. In other words, he... It says, let's keep reading, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And then what God does, that God 
wakes up Ananias. Come on, I believe there's some Ananias getting woken up today. God wakes up Ananias and says, Ananias, I'm calling you to go minister to Saul of Tarsus. And let's read verse 13. Ananias says, Lord, I saw his Twitter account. <laughs> he is making threats to your people like crazy. I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people. Verse 15 says, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. Here's the thing. When you and I are afraid to do what God calls us to do, God still says to go. I want to talk to some people that are afraid to do what God called them to do. God has sent me to 2898 to tell you, even though you're afraid of what he told you to do, you got it. He says go. Even though you're afraid of what he is telling you to do, he is telling you go. Even if it looks crazy, even if it looks stupid, even if it looks wild, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is still saying to go because he's going to empower you. He's going to lift you up. He's going to equip you to do it. He's going to grace you to do it. In the middle of your fear of doing what God called you to do. God, he's a terrorist. How do I know? Once I say I'm from the way, he's going to kill me. And God says, listen, if I called you, I'm going to back you up. If I called you, I'm going to protect you. If I called you, I'm going to move you. If I called you, I'm going to grace you. If I called you, is anybody called by God in this place? You have a calling, and you might be afraid of the very place that God is sending you. Matter of fact, if there's something you're afraid of, I challenge you, God may be wanting to work in that area. And he says, go. He says, go. There is a man that is my chosen instrument. I'm going to let you know what type of church we are. We're always going to be thinking about your friends and family that don't know Jesus. I'm going to tell you, as one of the pastors here, as one of the teaching pastors here, we're always going to be concerned about the people in your life that don't know who Jesus is. Why? Because they are still chosen instruments. And what this church is about is to be a place of hope. It's to empty hell and to fill heaven. It's to empty hell and to fill heaven. So guess what? We're going to be a church for first-time guests. Guess what? We're going to give gifts away. Guess what? We're going to bless you. We're going to pray for you and we're going to do everything God told us to do because you are a chosen instrument you are a chosen instrument God says he's my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings I know you're afraid, but I'm telling you to go. Come on, receive this in your spirit. Would you lift one hand up? I know you're afraid, but I'm telling you to go. I know you're scared, but there's a dying world out there. I know you're afraid, but the scariest reality is the reality outside of the kingdom of God. You need to push past the fear, because when you push past the fear, you see that all people who don't have Christ are headed to destruction. They're headed to a scary reality. You need to break out of your fear to set them free from their fear. You need to break out of your box to set them up for success. Holy Spirit of God, speak to your people. I have a question for you. And it's this question. What can God do in my life when I let go of fear? Keep that question. I'll ask it differently. What would you do if you were incapable of experiencing fear? you do 
probably go skydiving tomorrow, huh? Sounds fun. I'll never do it. I'm scared. What would you do if you were incapable of experiencing fear? Some of you will already start thinking how to start that business. What would you do if you were incapable of experiencing the feeling of fear? Some of you guys will start getting into the dating scene. Hello. What would you do if you were incapable of experiencing fear? I, do you feel the faith rising up? Imagine if fear was never accessible to your life. What would you do? Because that's exactly what God is calling you to do. To write those songs. To get back into ministry. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. What would you do if you were unafraid about what they said about you? What would you do if you were unafraid about what they looked at you like what would you do if you were unafraid of what people had to say about you of how people viewed you what would you start tomorrow if you were incapable of being afraid I got a little vulnerable in this moment I, I used to be afraid of the dark anybody grew up a little afraid of the dark I battled with this I battled with this and what was insane was the devil's a liar because in darkness I would be afraid of darkness I'd be I used to be afraid of darkness I couldn't see but but I remember the first time I woke up in the middle of the night with sleep paralysis has anyone ever had sleep paralysis that is so scary yeah the pastor said that's scary yep I woke up at 3 a.m. the devil's hour <laughs> that's a joke that's a joke that's a joke that's Hollywood I'm sorry that's Hollywood clock strikes three right I, I remember the first time it happened to me, I was six years old. I woke up in the middle of the night, I could not move. My eyes were open, my mouth was sealed shut, my arms were shut, my body sunk into the bed. I was in the sunken place. And I looked at darkness, and I saw a tall, a tall figure, around nine to ten feet high, tall, dark figure, and the figure began to pace around my bed as a six-year-old. And that started a rooted fear in me. From six years old to the sixth grade, I needed to sleep with someone in the bed with me. I'm getting vulnerable. <laughs> For the glory of the Father. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. And, and it wasn't just, I'm afraid of the dark. It was, I'm afraid of spirits. Isn't that crazy? That fear always has an agenda. That's why I got to let go of it. It always has an agenda. Happened at 6, happened again at like 10, again at 11. Afraid of the dark. Night lights didn't work. I need somebody one foot away from me. I remember one time I slept with my sister on the same bed. And, you know, my sister, she is a sleeper. That's why she grew taller than me and my brother so fast. She hibernates in the summers, you know. I mean, she, she'll just knock out. She has a spiritual gift of finding rest, you know. I just... <laughs> I remember one time, my sister right next to me, right next to me, I got paralyzed. I got uh, sleep paralysis. I opened my eyes, and I tried to scream for help. I couldn't say anything. And what did I see? I saw a spirit again, 10 feet tall, beginning to pace the room. In the morning, I talked to my brothers about it. My brother got woken up at the same time in the middle of the night, and he began to pray over the house. My sister felt the same thing. She, we, all, we all woke up in the morning. We were like, we got spiritually attacked last night. But I looked at mom. I was like, y'all don't know this. I've been going through this already. I almost felt responsible. Y'all felt this because of me. The devil is a liar, church. 
And then one day in church, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I got triggered in the middle of an altar call. There was a man who was demon-possessed, and I looked at the possessed man, and I started to think about the spirits that would torment me in the night. And his torment triggered my torment. And I began to shake, and I was, I was around 15 years old when this happened, and I remember leaving the church just scared of that spirit, whatever that was. I know what that can do to me. It, 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 it brings paralysis. It brings fear. My family won't tell you this because they don't know it. There was one night I was so afraid I used the bathroom by myself. Because I started seeing things and hearing things. And then one night in Pointiana, you know, like God's in Pointiana, but the devil's really at work in Pointiana. I'm glad we got a campus out there. I'll tell you. Ain't no street lights out there. I'm like, if you're afraid of the dark, I mean, don't go over there. Village 7 and up. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit's like, what is going on in that place? I wouldn't walk my dogs at night. Nope, not me. Not me. Not me. Send somebody else. There was one night after a summer camp. You know, something happens when you designate time for the Holy Spirit. After a summer camp, I remember I was so on fire for God. And the last day of the summer camp, I'm like, I'm going to confront these spirits. Oh, I can't wait. I'm built up. You know what I'm saying? I'm all jacked up. I got, I got Mark Vega's sermon somewhere in me. You know what I'm saying? I got Pastor Gabby's sermon somewhere in me. Come on, somebody. I'm on fire. I, that's why you got to go to this women's event. That's why you got to go to our, our summer camp coming back next summer. Something happens when you designate time and you invest. And you say, God, God's going to move today. I'm showing up and God's going to show up. I left that camp and I went, I remember I was in Pointiana, you know, you know that place. I was in Pointiana and, I, and I, I looked around the room and again, I saw spirits in my room. And I said, no, this, this, this time is different. This time is different. I have a confidence in God. We call it Godfidence. That's a cool tattoo, right? Godfidence. Oh no, no tattoos. Those are the devil. And, 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 and the spirits, again, I stood up in my room. And I try, to, I try to pray it away and start saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I cast you out in the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Open the door. I looked down the hallway. I saw my parents' room. And right in front of my parents' door, I saw this figure. And I began to speak to it. I said, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. I cast you out. And come on. Can we get, here's the praise report. Here's the praise report. I am no longer afraid of the dark. Come on, somebody. Yo, 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 check this out. Yo, 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 yo. When I go to sleep, now it needs to be pitch black for me to go to sleep. I tell you, take all the lights off. Turn it off. I'm tired. I'm tired. And now, this is, this is where God, this is where God gets the glory. This is why you got to face your fears. Because when you face it, you can help somebody else face it. Young people come up to me these last seven years of starting this church. And they're, they're so confused. They come up to me talking about, talking about their demon experiences. Like, Pastor, I was, I, I had a visitation from the enemy last night. And I just started smiling. I'm like. <laughs> they're like, yeah, it was crazy. I started hearing things. And my bed started to shake. I'm like. <laughs> I'm bringing people in. I'm like, yo, come on. Like, yes. And, um. I just, you know, I had sleep paralysis. I'm like, oh. and I just, I just think I get so proud of them. I'm like, like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm being tormented. And you know, because what God's done in my life, I get to look at that young person and say, listen, if God allowed you to experience this in middle school, I want to know that once you overcome this, there is a huge assignment on your life. Because when you learn to cast out this demon, come on somebody, you'll stand in front of every demon and say, in the name that is above every name, I cast you out. If I casted you out once, I can do it again. If I casted you out in my life, you need to get out of his life. You need to get out of their life. You need to get out of the way. Is there a church in the house today? The enemy wanted you to be afraid, but now you're filled with faith. The enemy wants you to be locked down, but I'm telling you, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. Will you lift your hands and give God some praise? It's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. Get up and kick the chair out of the way. It's time to be who God called you to be. I know you're afraid, but once you push past the fear, God will activate something in your life. Does anybody shout amen in this place? Hallelujah. With everybody on their feet today as we get ready to close. The Holy Spirit is in this place. Fear has no place in your house, says the Lord. Fear has no place in your house, declares the Lord. No room. No room. Got some ideas for you. Are you afraid of failure? Are you afraid of failure? That's a real fear. I'm afraid to mess up. I remember my leader told me this a long time ago. John, I'm more excited when you fail than when you don't try anything at all. You're too afraid to do it. No, don't be afraid of failure. Here's the next point. Failure. If you're afraid of failure, God says that I am a new creation. Even though I failed, God is still making me into something new. The righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. He gets back up again. If you're afraid of failure, if you're afraid of failure, God says I'm a new creation. If you're afraid of sickness, if you're afraid of sickness, God is my healer. And one day, all sickness will be erased. If you're afraid of sickness, I want to let you know you serve God who is your healer. You serve God that one day he will wipe every tear. He'll wipe every pain. There will be no sickness. There will be no death. Who is ready to walk into the gates of heaven unafraid, unashamed? Come on. If you're afraid of change, if you're afraid of change, I want to give you something. God is always doing something new. If you're afraid of change, no more fear in your life. God is doing something new. If you are afraid of rejection, I want to tell you today that God accepts you. If you're afraid of getting rejected by man, you serve a God that accepts you just for who you are. If you are afraid of trials and tribulations, the book of James says that in my trial, I am being made mature. I am being persevering. I am being made whole. I am being made complete not lacking anything and if you are afraid of death God says when I believe in him I will not perish but I will have eternal life church give some praise to Jesus in this place